A few days ago, I put out a video from one of our Patreon-exclusive Zoom calls, and we were talking about this tension between modesty and personal responsibility, between guys dealing with lust and P-O-R-N and how women may or may not be helping them based on what they do or don't wear, okay? And it was more or less a positive received video, but there was a little bit of pushback from a few people. And so I wanted to go deeper, kind of give you guys a foreshadow of our Freedom Forming Habits course that's coming up and give you guys just some practical game on two very simple steps from the scriptures on how to conquer really any habit, but specifically on this conversation of lust, modesty, this whole thing. We're going to be talking about it. Okay, so before we do that, I got to make sure I give you guys my context. I don't share my story a whole lot. I got this whole like exposed series testimony that you can go through and watch it, but I don't really share my story uh, a whole lot in, in, in my background with this thing. So I wanted to do that. Now, those of you guys that don't know, I am originally from Azerbaijan, Baku country in the Middle East. Me and my family came out to the United States as refugees in 1991. Now, what many people don't know is that when I was five, there was a window of time where between coming to America and uh, uh, you know, living living from Soviet Union, Russia, that we lived in Moscow. So between being in Baku and coming to America, there was a couple of, I don't know, it could have been weeks, it could have been months. I honestly don't remember. But I remember I was about five-ish and we were living in Moscow, and my favorite movie, and I don't know if anybody's heard of this movie, it's 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 a it holds a near and dear place in my heart. My favorite movie was American Ninja. Michael Dudikoff, I think, was the star. And American Ninja was about uh, an American ninja. And I was five. Eh, kind of, I don't know if I would let like my six, seven-year-old watch it now, but it was a different time. And uh, I would get left alone with the movie on. I knew how to control the VCR, and I would then watch the movie, right? And... There was different dubs of this movie, American Ninja. And I was five years old, and the movie ended, and apparently on the end of this dub of the movie came on an adult film. American Ninja ends, trailer runs, I'm alone, comes on an adult film. Okay, and I remember vividly this adult film. I remember the way it started. I remember the plot line. I remember the narrative. Now, I am then exposed, okay? I don't know why I was even left alone like that, low key. That's a conversation me and my mom got to have. <laughs> but I was exposed to PRN at the age of five. I then go to San Diego, move and start, uh, you know, we, we come out as refugees. We're like the first family out here. There's not a ton of community. And we plug into this Armenian Orthodox community of, of, of this Armenian Orthodox church. I was an altar boy and I was like seven, eight, nine. This is that window. And there were some older boys who were also uh, altar boys, but they were like 12, 13, 14. Okay. And in that process, I've shared this before. I was also molested by kids that were older. And not only in that process that we also watched more adult film, except this was of a different nature. Okay. Uh, you can fill in the blanks. So I'm sharing this, not 
because it's cathartic and not because it makes me feel good. It doesn't. But I remember vividly being exposed to it, being molested, being exposed to a whole perversion of that. Okay. And then going on this cycle of that happening to me and being a survivor of that, but also watching for the duration of my life, P-O-R-N, fairly regularly. I then had a ton of shame from that because somehow in our local community, it was pinned as I was the one that was G-A-Y and I somehow initiated these boys that were twice my age to do this to me. And there was a lot of shame I carried with that. And so I dive deeper and deeper into P-O-R-N, confused about my own sexuality and what all of that meant. Pre-high school, we uh, experimented, and around the age of 11 or 12, I lost my virginity to my neighbor. She was a girl, and she was uh, about 15. I was 11. So I was looking at this from the age of five. I was dealing with uh, being a survivor of assault. I lose my virginity at the age of 11, and then I get into high school, and I discover that apparently I was a fairly good-looking kid, and I start being active, sexually active, from the age of 15, my freshman year, up until 19, and then I finally, like, surrendered everything to Jesus around the age of 18, 19. I mean, I was already going to church, but I was still dabbling with these things, and the PORN issue, that that led into marriage, okay? So I had to take a men's skills course. I had to take therapy, the whole bit. I say all this to say, no woe is me, but if there's anyone that can say, uh, man, I was a victim, I was victimized, something happened to me that I had no control over, I think I, I have a little bit of ground to speak on something that many people haven't experienced and that I experienced on a way deeper level. Now, we can get into deliverance and whether it was demonic or whether it was spiritual or whatever, but goodness gracious, there's a lot of trauma there uh, that, that I have worked through by the grace of God through getting saved and getting a regenerated heart to going to uh, this men's skills course at my church to going through uh, a therapist through my uh, my like insurance, Kaiser, let me go through a therapist to now I have a, somebody I meet with regularly. I met with him today, Dr. Rudy. I'm trying to get him a part of our Freedom Forming Habits course um, to just give you guys some more context. And by the grace of God, man, I'll tell you what, I don't remember the last time I looked at PORN and baited the master. Okay, like like it's been years. And I had gone spurts of six months and whatever here and there. But I'm telling you, it's been years. And when I tell you that this is not an issue for me, I mean that like this is not an issue for me. Okay, that I can go to the gym and there could be pretty girls there and I'm not going to get a boner. Okay, and that wasn't always like that. I can go to the beach and there could be pretty girls there and I don't have to sit down and cover myself up with a blanket because I'm aroused. Okay, I'm not in that place no more. Um, I'm still attracted to women. I still can acknowledge a woman is beautiful. But generally speaking, by the grace of God and with a lot of help, this is no longer a stronghold in my life, okay? So when we come on the channel and I say, men, you need to learn to man up and take responsibility, I'm not saying that as someone that's never struggled. I'm not saying that as someone who hasn't felt the shame and the weight of being in a, in a freaking habit loop where you feel like you can't control yourself. I'm not saying that from a, from a place of harshness or from a place of lacking empathy. I get it. I get it more than you know. 
I get it and it's costed me a lot. I get it and it's it's hurt my marriage early on. Okay? I understand. Like I like I really, really, really understand. And even in me sharing this, like I'm not trying to get like victim points or whatever. Like I'm sharing this just to give you some context of like, guys, this is something that I'm not an expert in on a lot of things, but this topic, I, I, I feel pretty good talking about, okay? I feel pretty good talking about, and I feel like I can add value if you would just humble yourself and hear me on this, okay? So we're gonna go to our first passage, and uh, and, and this is something that I, I think not many of us really consider. This is Proverbs 28. This says, those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe, okay? Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. So trusting your own parameters, trusting your own ways of how you think this works and that it's women's fault, that women need to wear more covering clothes or whatever, right? As a, as a, as a, as a person, um, you think that it's the world's fault because you have this stronghold. I am in a position where I give you every single excuse on how it's the world's fault, but here's the deal. Um, trusting your own insight is foolish. Thinking you have all the answers and you know how this thing works, how is that working out for you? Okay, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, how is that working out for you? So it's real simple. All of this is going to first come down to the place of, are you tired of being sick and tired? People only change if they're hurt, bored, or scared. If you are in a position where you have habits that you can't control and it feels like you have been succumbed by something, okay? Are you in a place where you're finally done with it? And I don't mean, I don't mean like a half days ago, I'm gonna do whatever I want and I'm gonna halfway here, Ruslan. No, I mean like you have to really come to a place where you're angry that you're in this habit loop, regardless on what it is, whether it's financially being irresponsible and overspending, whether it's overeating, whether it's looking up PORN, there's a lot of things that if we're honest, they feel like they control us and we don't have self-control over. So the first question is, are you in a place where you are done? You're done with the shenanigans and you have to answer that for yourself. I don't know that answer for you, but that is where I would start. Are you done? That's step one. And that can come by the unction of the Holy Spirit, that may come by, I just, I don't want to do this. This is, I feel incongruent. I feel like a hypocrite. I'm tired of the shame, but let's just start there. So you got to just do some internal dialogue and say, am I done? Am I done? Okay. Um, the second part is I want you guys to know that it's a process. Okay. It is a process. Uh, I'm going to give you guys two simple things and give you something even more practical, but uh, it is a process and this is going to take some time. Okay, so let's go to our, 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 our next passage, which is, is so important that this passage is referenced twice by Jesus in the New Testament, and it is Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 29. Okay, if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And it's so important that Jesus then repeats it in Matthew 18, verse 9. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Jesus is saying, if something is causing you to stumble, to sin, you need to purge it out of your life. I know that sounds very simple, but it isn't. And sometimes the obvious solution isn't the easiest solution. So step one is if we're 
changing our mind, that's repenting. You've acknowledged that you need to change the course of your life. You're done with this thing, whatever it is. Step two is, are you willing to make a sacrifice and purge this out of your life? Okay, now, get very practical, okay? I sometimes have an issue with flourless cocoa cookies, okay? Flourless cocoa cookies. How do I get flourless cocoa cookies? I use an app called Instacart and they get delivered to my house within an hour and 30 minutes. It's from a place called Jimbo's if you're ever in San Diego and you want to treat, okay? Now the issue is there's nothing wrong with flourless cocoa cookies. It's not the same as PR, and but it is an issue for me when I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. And so for me, I have to remove the Instacart app because I'm much more likely to order flourless cocoa cookies on Instacart than I am to get in my car, drive 20 minutes and buy some and come back, right? I have to make it harder for me to do that thing, okay? So I'm deleting an app. For you, if your eye caused you to sin, now this is, this is one of those times where Jesus is, is, is not being literal. He's not literally telling people to pluck out their eyes, okay? But if your eye causes you to sin and you can trace back that pattern to every time you go on Instagram, are you willing to delete Instagram from your phone? Are you willing to delete TikTok from your phone? Are you willing to delete that thing and purge that thing out of your life? Are you willing to go get covenant eyes? Are you willing to not go to the beach if the beach causes you to stumble? Are you willing to not go to that gym and maybe go to a less cool gym if every time you go to the gym you get a boner because there's pretty girls around? Are you willing to purge that thing out of your life? That is what you're called to do, okay? Now, I can be on Instagram, okay? Because I'm not thirsting after thotty girls on Instagram. I'm just not. However, when I am on Instagram, what I do, and then you can do this on TikTok, some of you guys may or may not know this, is if you click on the post in the little tab, top three tabs, you can right click it and you can say not interested. And after a couple times of doing this, you can literally go through your entire um, Instagram. And if you look at my Explorer page, if you look at my Explorer page, more or less, what you'll see on my Explorer page is a bunch of nothing. It's just literally all sports and bodybuilding. You won't see any thirst straps on my Explorer page uh, because I've hit, I've hit right click, not interested, right click, not interested, right click, not interested. You do that enough and Instagram will pick up, oh, they don't like this stuff. So if you gotta be on Instagram, there's even a way you could be on Instagram. But the truth is, if you are dealing with something that is so compulsive, you probably shouldn't be on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're at. The algorithm is there to curate things that you wanna see. So if you're seeing a bunch of wild stuff on your feed or on your explore page, it's because you're engaging with it, okay? So they're watching what you're looking at, but if you right click and say, I'm not interested, yeah, so my stuff is literally all fitness, it's all dudes lifting weights, it's all uh, basketball, and then there's one girl. So there's one girl, I don't like girls on my explore page, so I click and look, I just go, not interested. Bang, bang, no more girl on my on my Explorer page. Okay, that's a free tip. I wasn't even gonna tell you guys about that, but if you have to be, like your business is on there, whatever, boom, there's a free tip for you to clean up your Explorer page. Now, this is step one, okay? Step one is you gotta purge. You gotta remove the thing that's causing the trigger in you, okay? What is that thing? Remove it, pull it out, pull it, pull the weeds out. You gotta remove it. Some of you guys might have to go without even having a smartphone. Some of you guys might have to go, there's a new thing that just came out called the Wise Phone. And it's like 350 bucks and it's basically a camera you can get on the internet. And that's, oh, I don't even think you can get on the internet. It's very limited, okay? Some of you guys might need to go with a flip phone. 
Okay, so there you go. That is how you can clean that up, purge that out. And you can go as radical as you want to in this. Okay. I never had to get to the point where I had to get rid of my iPhone. I, that just, I know it was, it wasn't by the time the iPhone came out, I had some good tactics on how to maneuver around this. But some of you guys, you may need to get rid of your smartphone. Some of you guys may need to get rid of your computer. If it's that bad. Some of you guys may need to go find a different gym membership. Okay. So that's the first part you have to remove. You have to remove that thing. All right. Now the second part, this is the part that we don't apply enough. Philippians four, Verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen it, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you, okay? Here and all throughout the New Testament, we're repeatedly told on what we should focus on, okay? Replace that thing replace that thing. You've purged something out of your life. Now focus on what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Step one, repent. Step two, remove. Step three, replace. You have to apply the law of replacement. For me, the law of replacement goes, hey, I'm not really feeling like listening to Drink Champs, the podcast. I don't like hearing a bunch of grown men meander and ramble about whatever. So you know what? I'm going to replace that and I'm going to find a Christian podcast to listen to on my ride. Or better yet, I'm going to watch a Ruslan video or check out Ruslan's video podcast on Spotify now. We got the video. This goes on Spotify now. I don't know if you knew that. Boom. I'm going to replace that thing with something that is more edifying. Okay. And I've done this across the board, right? This is why praise and worship music to me is so good. When I wake up in the morning, I don't, I don't just go to the routine thing. I go to something that is going to build my spirit up. That is going to be true, noble, excellent, praiseworthy. All right. So you gotta, you gotta replace it with something that is now going to build you up. A lot of people are down to remove. A lot of y'all are down to burn all your secular CDs. That's what people used to do back in my days. Take all their secular CDs, pile up, pile up, light them up. Okay, they're down to remove, but they're not down to replace. And you have to replace. You have to replace. And then as you're doing all this, you have to stop and look through your own, you have to look through your own habits and know that every habit, there's a cue, there's an action, and there's a reward. There's a cue, It's a thought or a trigger, then there's an action, then there's a reward, okay? So you have to then find different things to replace those habits. The most easiest ones, the most easiest ones is to say, I'm going to create new habits that are going to build me up. So here's one that I did that actually really radically transformed everything. I started waking up earlier and going to the gym. Why? Because if I'm up by 5.30 or 6, I can get to the gym and I can I can go work out before my family's awake and I'm tired at night. So guess what? I don't get to sit and look at my screen till midnight or do dumb things when my willpower is depleted. So I wake up. The cue is the alarm. The action is to get out of bed. I usually, my pajamas are my gym clothes. I'd like take a shower the night before, put on gym clothes. And then I drink some water to help wake me up brush my teeth, pre-workout is in the fridge, I drink my pre-workout, I get my caffeine, I'm out the door. The reward is the caffeine jolt and the workout. That is the reward. The way I feel after the workout. Okay, so this morning I got up, I got my butt to the gym, I 
drank my pre-workout. I, 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 I hit a good workout. I got back. Um, and I felt great. I felt great. It was, it was felt refreshed, felt rejuvenated. I got a sweat going. Boom. Cue, action, reward. If you, if you could, if you could figure out what those new cues and those new actions are, then you can form any new habits you want. And to me, waking up earlier is just the most logical one. Okay. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus is number one. You say you're his priority. Here's the deal. What's priority to you is going to be indicated by three things. Okay? The first thing is, what do you spend your time on? Right? What do you spend your time on? That's step one. What do you spend your time on? If we were to look through your calendar, how much time do you dedicate to growing in your faith? To reading the scriptures, to praying, keeping a prayer journal, being in fellowship, being in community, being in church, serving in church developing uh, developing your character. How much time do you dedicate to doing that? Okay. Uh, listening to sermons, listening to the Bible project, understanding the scriptures, right? Maybe habits that support that. Like me working out isn't directly spiritual, but it is one of the most transferable disciplines I have. So this is a metaphor. If I could beat my body into submission, then I can beat I could do just about anything. So that is something. And then when I'm at the gym, I tend to listen to worship music or Christian music or what have you. So, boom, that is the number one thing, your time. How are you using your time? If, we were to take a, if you say Jesus is your number one and you're a follower of Jesus and we looked at your calendar, would it, would it, is there any indication that that's true for you? Are you acting like Jesus is your number one? Okay? So the first thing is your time. The second one is your money. Are you giving? Are you generous? Are you, are you, are you able to manage the money that you've been given? Are you squandering it on foolish things, on dumb stuff, on food you shouldn't be eating, on, right? Are you, like, is there anywhere that somebody can measure it and say, hey, you say you value Jesus, and here's an indication of it in your finances. People get really weird about tithing, and like, I don't care. But at the end of the day, we give 10% and above because we, we value Jesus, and we want to go in and give to something that contributes to Jesus. So it's not just our local church, it's ministries and nonprofits and Christian creators on Patreon. If you go, you see I support, I don't know, a couple dozen Christian creators on Patreon. I give and I sacrifice for the things that I find valuable. I pay my therapist because he's a Christian therapist. And guess what? He stirs me further on to Jesus, right? So the first one is your time. The second one is your money. And the third one is your media. Okay, where's your attention going? What, do, what, what, are you, uh, what are you consuming regularly, right? Unfortunately, we always focus on the media part. We focus on Ruslan watched Squid Game. Ruslan says he listens to Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle occasionally. We, we consume with the media and we ignore that. How is your time and how is your money being spent? Because I don't come on here and tell you about all the amazing devotional worship time I have and how much money I give away, right? Because I do that stuff in secret. I don't need to flex and boast about that. But I'll have an intellectual, honest conversation about media consumption, and how to process these things and secular music and all that kind of stuff, okay? So don't be consumed about the media because if the, if the first two in order, if you got your time and your money aligned, well, then the media will just be an overflow of that. 
right? It would just be, and you, and you won't be so consumed about, oh, if I watch Squid Game, I might get a spirit. Oh, if I listen to Jay-Z rap about financial literacy, oh, I might get a spirit. Like that won't be an issue because the rest of your life will be congruent. And here's the deal. As, as I've gotten older, I don't really have a desire for as much secular media anyway. Like y'all think I like riding around my local city with my six-year-old and my six-month-old in a car and we're bumping Jay-Z, Big Pimpin'. Like I don't even really listen to rap like that. I listen to my music and I listen to my friends' music. And some of my friends' music I can't even listen to in the car because I got kids. I'm not playing Foggy Rock because he says the N-word and I've had that conversation with him. Hey, make a clean version so us dads can listen to your music. My, my, my appetite has changed, right? So don't be so consumed about just the media and you're ignoring the, the other two big pillars, which is how you spend your time, how you spend your money. I understand it is hard. It sucks, especially when you're a survivor of assault, especially when you were exposed to something that you just didn't anticipate happening and you don't really know how to process and the human body and all these different things and it's, 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 it's convoluted. It's hard. However, it's still your responsibility. And in that, you first gotta ask yourself, are you ready to change? Have you changed your mind about this thing? Have you really ready to change? And then you gotta remove it. You gotta remove it and you gotta remove the pathways to it. Okay, and then you gotta replace it with new habits, with new cues, actions, and rewards. That's what a habit is, okay? And evaluate and say, where is my time, my attention, my money, and my media consumption is going? And it'll, 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 it'll slowly over time play out, okay? It'll slowly over time play out. But I, I guarantee you guys, locking in a daily routine that allows all of these areas to flourish is the direct path to freedom. Locking in a daily routine. Your thoughts are going to determine how you feel. How you feel is gonna determine what you do. What you do is going to determine your habits and your patterns. Your patterns and your habits are going to determine what your life is. This is not stuff to play with. Your patterns and your habits will determine what your, how your life plays out. You wanna see someone that's strung out on drugs, it's usually because their patterns and their habits weren't congruent to who they said they wanted to be. And a lot of times they didn't even see it coming. Okay, so we could, we could talk about all the, 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 the spirits and all that kind of stuff, but fam, you got choices to make. You got decisions to make. Hopefully this is something that pra that's practical. Again, go sign up for our Freedom Forming Habits uh, course. It's on the way. Uh, if you sign up for it now, we got a whole playlist of me going deeper and deeper on these ideas of addictions and habits. And probably have about seven, eight videos on this. Sign up for this, you get instant access. Your information is private, the whole bit. But I, I do recommend you do that and I think you will find it immensely valuable. If you guys wanna see more videos like this, make sure you give this video a like. And, you know, as always, consider partnering on Patreon or making one-time donation through all the links in the bio. Guys, thank you so much. It's been real. I love you guys. Peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it till the end of this video. Remember to hit that like button and make sure you subscribe. I wanted to tell you about a free upcoming course I am putting together at mastermyhabits.com. When you sign up right now, you'll be the first to be notified about the course. And in the meantime, you'll immediately get access to a playlist going over my journey on how I went from addiction to freedom forming habits. So make sure to hit that link in the description. I'll see you on the next video.